Hey everybody, welcome to the 500 Greatest Films Podcast, Thanks episode number 11. You're welcome. We are more than 2% done with this endeavor. <laughs> it's going to take us 10 years. I'm Hector Navarro. Across from me is my co-host, Mr. Keller Knobloch. Say hi, Keller. Hi. And we've got a very, very, very special guest today. He is our last returning guest from when we attempted this a year ago. He is a fan and defender of the original film Saw. Ooh. And kind of the franchise. Do you still feel that way? Oh, hell yeah. Okay. (laughs) Did you see whatever that new one was? Uh, Jigsaw? Yeah, I saw Jigsaw by the Spearing (laughs) Brothers. I Wait, we should say who you are first. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, actor, writer, improviser, comedian, incredible musician, Gregory Smith is on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, guys. It's so great to be back. so much for being here. Gregory... First of all, let's talk about Saw real quick because, yeah, because again, for the context, we have we've we've tried this a year ago, and we finally got to the point where we've asked back the three dudes that helped us out a year <laughs> ago with different three movies. Keller and I just like did, redid Saw ourselves because we didn't want we 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 wanted to have you back, Greg, but not like to ask you to talk about Saw again. So you picked the movie we're talking about in a second, but. When Keller and I rewatched Saw, we absolutely brought up like the points that you made and sure. the sort of discussion that we had. But how are you feeling? It's 2018. Yeah. You're back. You saw Jigsaw. Yeah. Tell us about your love of Saw. Yeah. Uh, the love of the original James Wan, I think 2004 film Saw, is alive and kicking. <laughs> uh, I rewatched it recently with my girlfriend who she had seen it, but not in a while. And mm-hmm. it was just an utter delight. It was a treat. <laughs> That movie is just like an old friend where like every so often we'll go out to the local bar and we'll knock a few back and there's like some flaws, but I'm just like, ah, it's just so good to see you again. (laughs) It's just so nice. And this new one, I feel like if they ever make another Saw sequel, which Mm -hmm. I imagine they will, Mm -hmm. whoever they pick to write and direct it better be you. Put that on the vision board. Why not? Yeah, I'll say that. All right. We did it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it should be me. They better watch the original Saw film and like write a fifth grade style essay mm. as to what is good about the movie mm-hmm. and what works about it with mm-hmm. like a thesis statement. And you preview the thesis in the introductory paragraph <laughs> and you have three paragraphs for each. Yep. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's what we were saying, basically. Yeah. Yeah. We y'all y'all like, saw it too? I mean, uh, well, yeah. We watched like, it again. Or we, we watched Saw again. Yeah. Greg, we started over. We started this project over, which is taking 10 years to watch 500 movies. Uh-huh. And Keller and I were not going to bullshit it. Keller was even like, maybe we can skip the, the ones we did a year ago. I was like, no, we have to watch Saw <laughs> so again. we watched Saw again. <laughs> we watched Saw again. We watched Ocean's Eleven. We yeah. watched Back to the Future Part Two. We watched uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden them. Dragon. But when we rewatched Saw, I think we agreed. It's like, well, there could be a remake of this. I would say even more than a sequel. Yes. I'm, I'm interested by the prospect of a remake because I feel like the million-dollar budget that Saw had Really, like, you know, we talked about the performances that were cut short because they were rehearsal performances. Those kinds of things where it's like, man, this movie could have polish. Because we know Carrie Ellis can act. Yes. Yes. We know Danny Glover can act. We know, you know, well, uh, uh, Michael Emerson was amazing in the film. Like, uh, he's Mm -hmm. he's incredible. Ben Linus from Lost. He killed it. But probably just reading his lines for the first time. (laughs) And it's like, yeah, we got it. All right. (laughs) Moving on. Moving on. (laughs) Um, But anyway, the, the whole point of just like, 
I would love to see this movie done in more of a um, from the detective's perspective style. That's interesting. I yeah. feel like like to really lean into the sort of Danny. Like let's say like Danny Glover is the exactly yeah. like why not? Because enough time has passed. Kind of basically redo that. And I would also love for the movie to sort of definitively say that what Jigsaw is doing is wrong and why. To go into the psychology of he thinks he's showing people the light by by forcing them to sort of like, you know, think about their life and think about, because at one point, you know, this line that really got, like I got hung up on was like, like when you, when you tried to kill yourself, did you really want to? Or were you just trying to get attention from? And I was like, okay, well, no, yeah. go right. Like go into the psychology of, of, of why this guy's messed up. You can still have the horror element because it's still horrific what he's doing and the seven style like investigation. But like I want the movie's thesis to be like this is wrong. Not so much like he was right all along. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> Do you think the movie's saying that? Kinda. Because he it gets does. up at the end what? and leaves he's the, the room. last person who he wins. <laughs> he says, Game over. Yeah. It's just the movie just sort of treats that idea as like he's so like the fact that he wins means his outlook wins. Means he's he was ahead of everybody. His I agree. Outlook. I agree that his outlook wins. I agree and that I would, li- I would like an exploration of his outlook. Yeah, you know that I just want. I just his philosophy. It's meaty. Get into his philosophy. I don't think the movie <laughs> though says he's correct. Okay. I think maybe I could like agree with. It presents an overly nihilistic, yes. perhaps trendily so view of the human race, and I that. tend not to like that kind of stuff. I'll give you that. Yeah, I remember we talked about that a year ago. Yeah. You're like, I normally don't like this. That's exactly yeah, thing, it's but. Back. We were talking about, like, it hit that, like, it depends on the person, but, like, Mm -hmm. that nihilistic message hitting, like, a 14-year-old when this movie came out. It's like, oh, man, this is, hell yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, This is a podcast, and Greg just did, like, a a, 10. Yeah, yeah. a Mahalo, and then I did a rock on, and I stuck my tongue out, half ironically, mostly sincerely. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, (laughs) All right, man. In any case, I love talking about, and I loved... Did you all see the, the remake or the, the new one, Jigsaw? No. no. Gotcha. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You don't have to. Okay. Okay. It's, it's really bad. Is all it really bad? It's, it's really bad. You were the one Dang that it. said that like each sequel kind of got worse. Like you yeah. still feel like the first one was Have the you best. seen all of them? Oh, uh, no. I think I've seen one through five and then I stopped and then I saw the new one. Mm-hmm. Okay. But one and two is worth watching as I think I said before. What Two's like, very good. What if like seven is great? Like Saw part seven. The that final, would be crazy. The final chapter or whatever it was called. That would be insane. Mm-hmm. Probably is not. Probably. No. It's probably not. But it would make me... I, one of the things I love about horror, I feel like we're getting really sidetracked. I'm, it's I okay. Apologize. It's very fine. It's okay. This is a horror movie that we're about to go into. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. One of the things I love about horror is that you can redeem yourself in like a weird, obscure sequel. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. like cases of like Ouija Origin of Evil being somehow a masterpiece, even though the first one is like hacky trash. Sure. Really? It's, it's great. The sure. new Strangers that just came out, I think people are saying that about it. It's really good. Yeah. Wasn't the new Blair Witch really good, or do people not like it? I wasn't, forget uh, it. it wasn't okay. good. No. But no, I know what you're talking about. There are examples of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I even really like Nightmare on Elm Street, The Dream Warriors, which was the yeah. third one. And the first one is just okay. The first one that has Johnny Depp it's in it. It's a hot take. I mean, the, hey, boo. I love Dream Warriors. Johnny Depp, boo, boo, Johnny Depp. Uh, but, yeah, he Johnny sucks. Depp. Yeah, he sucks. <laughs> but he is the star of the movie we're yeah, talking he sure about. Is. Tonight. He sucks in the movie, maybe? Ooh, okay. Sorry. Hot take. No, let's do this. I'm let's to see talk how about this goes. the movie tonight because we threw a list of movies at you, Greg, and you picked this movie. So I did. We'll, we'll get into why you picked it. But first, my favorite thing Damn it. is when Keller introduces this movie for us, what number it is on the list of the 500 greatest films of all time, and you've got to do it in your British accent, my friend. Go ahead. 
Okay. You know what to do. Take it away, Keller. Here we go. A British man telling us what. <laughs> 490 Sweeney Todd colon the Demon Barbara of Fleet Street, 2007. Director Tim Burton. The gothic sensibilities of Tim Burton meet the musical mastery of Stephen Sondheim for a demented grand guignol. Guignol? Guignol. 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 Guignol spectacular, <laughs> which finds Johnny Depp boo, in bloody fine singing voice. That's right. it. It's a pretty good summary of Sweeney Todd. Yeah, I mean, that pretty There's much is a word I didn't know. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> right in Sweeney Todd. It's the first word you didn't know. This is our first Tim Burton film on the list. He's got six movies on, on this, this list, on this yeah. list of the top 500 wow. greatest movies of Who, all time. Who's the director with the most, do you know? Oh, shit. I think it might be like, I don't, is it like? It might be Hitchcock. He had like Hitchcock? nine. Yeah, yeah. I bet. Yeah, Spielberg might be up there Hitchberg, too. Yeah, Spielberg's yeah. got a bunch. But first question, Greg, why, when we sent you a list of movies mm-hmm. where you're like, oh, I'll talk about, let's do Sweeney Todd. Yeah, I picked this film because Sweeney Todd is incredibly important to me. Whoa. Uh, It's a huge, huge musical influence on me. I fell in love with it in high school. I went and saw a Broadway production of it. Oh, cool. It was such a cool production. The actors all played their own instruments as they did it. That's very cool. Whoa. And it was like very minimal and arty. And I just fell in love with the music I like know all of the songs, all of the lyrics, all of the tunes. And when the movie came out, I was so excited and I went and saw it and I remember really loving it at the time. Great. Okay. And revisiting it this time around was a different experience. What happened? Oh, oh no. Man. Yeah. Oh no. So, so you loved it when it came out. Yeah. Why was it a different experience this time? Uh, there was something, it's funny that that mentions Johnny Depp having a bloody good singing voice. Mm-hmm. I'm a big old music dork. Yeah, yeah you are. Once, <laughs> oh my you. God. Like, no, in a good oh way. Like, that's a compliment. Like, yeah. Uh, one of the things I do still love about this movie are the orchestrations. Mm. The, the uh, music is so good in mm-hmm. this yes. movie. Mm-hmm. The, the, the Broadway production that I fell in love with and I bought the cast recording of has a very minimalist, like, five pieces at a time playing. This one is, like, huge orchestral, mm-hmm. fortissimo all the time. And it sounds so thick and rich and full. And all of the actors have such thin, mm. barely there, mm. like can't hold out phrases, okay. singing yeah. voices. And it's such a weird, kind of like really bothered me this time around. Oh, that's a bummer. Would you say that you have a favorite performance in the film, singing included? Like who's the standout for you? Sasha Baron Cohen. Uh, he was fun. He impressed me. He was really fun. Yeah. yeah. Because was- it was a great like, for like French no, Italian, Italian accent. Yeah. Yeah. When, he first, when he first came out, I was like, oh, he's a French guy. Because it sounded kind of, like he was kind of leaning into some of that. But <laughs> then it went straight cartoony Italian. <laughs> and then the twist, the reveal is that he's actually a British guy. Yeah, which I didn't, British I didn't, guy. I'm not familiar with the show, the play, the musical. I the, think oh, that's yeah, an invention for the film. So, oh, oh really? is it really? Yeah. Oh, I dug it. I just, I liked the, 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 the idea of him just like, you know, throwing that away and him just leaning right into that like, sort of like, you know, like, uh, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? I guess like middle class English accent that yeah. he was just throwing right at uh, yeah. Johnny Depp. It's very I effective. Like okay, cool. So who's who was the worst? Was it Johnny? Was it Johnny Depp? Alan He's... Rickman? You're going to be mean to Alan I'm Rickman, not, Greg? N- no. Good. Don't. No, 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 no. He's perfect. <laughs> Everything he does is perfect. It's true. Yeah. Jonathan Depp 
gives <laughs> a very bad, bad, bad performance. I wish I knew his middle name. In this movie. <laughs> Jonathan Monster Dev. Yeah, uh, that's good. He stinks in this movie. He, like... I, I would say he only gives one performance choice, mm-hmm. but I feel like he doesn't give any choices. Mm. He's just feel yelling like at the camera. It's a lot of just like forward yelling or just nothing, literally nothing yeah. going on. Look at how messed up they made my teeth look. <laughs> yeah. He does have like snake teeth in the movie. It's very and strange. And he just like moves his mouth a lot so that you see them a lot. <laughs> That's very true. And it's very <laughs> discomforting. Guys, <laughs> is this a symptom of like, that era of Tim Burton collaboration, Johnny Depp end result, which is just like a weird, like removed Johnny Depp performance. Like do we lump this in with like his Willy Wonka? This is an like unofficial sequel to sleepy hollow, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is like Ichabod crane is like jaded now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's over it. Yeah. And starts killing everybody. Same amount of blood. I feel like in Willy Wonka, he is at least making Big swings he is. in some True. directions. He is, yeah. This feels more like Edward Scissorhands to me, mm-hmm. but not... Uh, Edward Scissorhands, I feel like, is endearing and relatable, and mm-hmm. we want to know what's going on, and Sweeney Todd is just like, there's nothing going on. Yeah. How different is it from the stage play as far as, like, story? Yeah, let's get into that. Yeah. Is it way longer? Because I, because I watched the movie this week, and I think I've seen parts of it when it came out. Right, about, the movie, like yeah, the movie over ten years ago, and I and I have just like a nothing familiarity with Sweeney Todd the production and everything, right? Um, and it was like I didn't know it was it was a movie years ago, and then Sondheim did the musical based on like the movie or the story or whatever. Like it was oh. like yeah, I don't think it was an original musical unless I'm wrong, and it's always had that exact music. But I thought that Sondheim did it. When did he do it? When did he? create this when did he write it the there's a famous filmed production with angela lansbury and george hearn that i want to say came out in the 80s yeah so i'm gonna guess between late 70s early 80s okay okay great and that one was not a musical or it was Uh, it was oh okay okay same score same yeah great all right well cool um but my (laughs) like one of my sort of takeaways was like well look this is our first musical on the list and musicals musicals are a Interesting genre because I don't think that they're as popular a genre of film as every other genre or like no, as mainstream. And so Until I always La La feel Land came out. Now everybody loves <laughs> musicals, yeah. Until La La Land came out. You guys um, gonna shit talk La La Land? No, I, was, I, was just I, a, I, I own it. I'm Blu-ray. I like oh, yeah? it. Yeah. I really dug I like it. it too. I really dug it. But um but there but again when La La Land came out, Keller was like, it doesn't hold a candle to singing in the rain. No, it doesn't. And so he but so, people just you know, only because before I saw it everybody would not stop comparing it to singing in the sure, rain. Sure. And mm-hmm. I didn't understand it. But that's a good example of like musical fans, fans of musicals in like film, like they are fans. Like they know their shit and they know <laughs> and all I'm saying is as somebody who's kind of an outsider, I feel like I'm not equipped to sort of like like fairly critique a musical when I watch a musical. Does that make sense? Because maybe I, because I don't know music the way that Greg does. I don't know, you know, Broadway productions or musicals, their origins or whatever. Now, if it's a comic book movie, yeah, dude, that's my <laughs> wheelhouse. I can, I can up and down, left and right, analyze that. And I know what I'm talking about. But so, so I feel like I'm a little bit out of my element. And when we get to this picture, Sweeney Todd, the movie I'm watching and I'm like, it seems like it's well-directed to me. The performances are fine. I love Alan Rickman. I like Sasha Baron Cohen. I love Helena Bonham Carter and anything she's in. The, the production design's 
okay, like for what they're going for. Costumes cool. I think it won the Oscar for best art direction. Art direction, yeah. right? Uh, you know, like yeah, just every element of the movie. I'm like, it's fine. It's not a movie that is grabbing me. I didn't love it, and I'll probably never see it again. But at no point am I like, I'm not one of those people that's like, ugh, a musical. Like I know, like I get that this is a musical, and characters are going to be singing. Suspension of disbelief. Like I get it. I get what world. I we're feel in. like it's a pretty good like film adaptation of a musical. Yeah, but based on what I know, I would agree with you. But again, I don't know like what was different. As far from the as production. like recently, like before this, what was successful? Chicago. Chicago is a great. And I love yeah, the yeah. film Chicago. That might be my favorite like film, film musical. musical. Yeah. Um, unless we're counting like Disney movies, in which case I'm like, I'll be like Aladdin, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but like, yeah, love Chicago. But yeah, that's, that seems like that's the exception to the rule, which is sometimes they're not like people go and they go, Ugh, it's not the same. It didn't capture mm-hmm. or the cast doesn't do it. Or people yeah. complain about Hugh Jackman and Russell Crowe and Les Miserables. Like, you know, it's like, Oh, it, uh, it sucks. Whatever. Um, I want to say this though. And I have a question for you watching the movie, uh, with my girlfriend this week, we were talking about the relationship between, uh, young dude and Joanna. Yeah, because Anthony is the character. Anthony yeah. and Joanna, because it seems so rushed in the film. Yeah. He sees her in the window, all of a sudden has, is in love with her, and he's like, I will steal you. And there's no, and my girlfriend was like, I wonder if in the production, if they like expand on that at all. Yeah. Do they? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay, great. All right. Yeah, I, I feel like I, musicals can gloss over that stuff. Exactly, yeah. because that's the world. And again, and we were talking about this before you got here, Greg, but it was like, that would be like my one like big story, mm-hmm. like plot hang up. But then I'm like, I don't give a shit because it's not important. That's not what this this movie is. Uh, that's not what the important thing is. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I felt that too. And I also felt like, and I think this might just be an inherent flaw within the original what do you call it in a musical? The book, not a yeah. script, the book. Yeah. Uh, Mrs. Lovett falls hard yeah. for Sweeney, kind of for no <laughs> real I feel like reason. she maybe used to love him back in the day. Right. Oh, uh, yeah. But then there was no flashback. There was no. No, there was and, nothing to, other than like maybe throwaway lines when they're just singing so fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when I was watching it this week, my girlfriend commented on the fact that uh, when we get the Love It song, Mrs. Love It song, mm-hmm. that it's completely unnecessary, but I really liked it. Which, I really liked song? Oh, yeah. It's her like, you With know, the kid? we'll, yeah, like we'll go to the beach. Oh, by the we'll, sea. Oh, by the that's sea. a good little, I really little, like it. That's I love that song. And Tim like Burton literally scene. takes us to the, and again, Johnny Depp is just dead in it, but yeah. I'm like, well, that's the point. All like, the costume you know, changes and yeah, the scene changes. the old tiny nice. bathing suits. Yeah. I'm like, this is the, the type of bathing suit Tim, Brit- Tim Burton wears to the beach because he's just an old weirdo. Yeah, he still does. So I really like that, but again, it yeah, it really... I, maybe I would have liked to have that replaced with, here's why I love you, Sweeney Todd, because from back in the day, like you're saying, Keller, maybe years ago she did love him and then recognized him when he got back, the Barker, Barber mm-hmm. or whatever. So, yeah. That's what I think. I don't okay. know. I don't know. I could be very wrong. I don't know. I, I don't know what the if there's like a subtextual element there. That's an interesting... It makes me wish you directed the film. I'll look into Ooh, it okay. next time. So that there could be it's like any subtext long? going on. We'll reboot it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been 11 years. So you didn't, did you dislike it the second time around? Yeah, I disliked oh, it. dang, Man. wow. For sure. And uh, is Sweeney Todd your favorite musical? It is definitely a top three. It might be the one. What are what the other two? The, yeah, what are the other I two? feel like... I got to say Fiddler on the Roof. Yep. Awesome. And then the third one, I love Les Mis, 
So it's it's usually either Lemiz or the Music Man. Those are kind of like mm. switch back and forth. And and just in terms of like film adaptations of the things you just listed, are you satisfied with what's what exists, or are you like, nah, they haven't got? I it. feel like the Music Man's pretty good. The film version of the Music and Man, Fiddler is, on the Roof, you can't say shit about it, right? <laughs> yeah, both those films are very good. <laughs> Great. Yeah, they're both excellent. Great. Okay. Cool. So, what would you have done differently if you were? Working on the production of 2007's Sweeney Todd and Tim Burton's like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Because I liked it better. I had seen it before and Mm -hmm. I liked it better this time around. I I had a good time with it. I was like along for the ride. And as soon as it was over, I was like, cool, done, check. Like, but I, you know, it wasn't something that I'm like thinking about or, and I told Keller this earlier too. It's weird for me to sing. I think my favorite song or the song that stuck out to me the most, which is Joanna, yeah. I'll Steal You, because Joanna was the name of my first girlfriend. So it's a, it's a different thing for me. So I can't just be like, oh, wow. I can't bust into Joanna. And he stole her. Because in terrible. my head, oh, yeah, no. I didn't steal her. Oh, no, uh, that's not good. Similarly, not from great. a window, just, you know, saw her and was like, was she girlfriend. singing about a bird? Not not when I got her. Uh, Grabbed hmm. at her. What? How can she sing that high? Those windows should have shattered. <laughs> Uh, so, um, yeah, what were we talking about? Uh, I completely lost my train of thought, but I just like, I, I didn't love it as soon as it was over, but I had a good time and you actively disliked it. What would you have done differently? So, uh, part of the reason I think that I personally really like La La Land and I also weirdly, I just rewatched Baby Driver mm. and I think both Damien Chazelle and Edgar Wright are both lovers of music and Damon Giselle, I think, literally is a musician. Mm-hmm. And the way it manifests itself in the filmmaking is that everything is rhythmically timed mm-hmm. to the music. Especially Baby Driver to like a cartoonish degree. I love Baby Driver. Yeah. It's such a well-made The gunshots going off yeah. in perfect timing, it's yeah. insane. Just it's that great. first like 12 minutes, Yeah, I could watch over and over again. Yeah, it's really good. To me, it felt like the construction of this film... There was no sense of rhythm. There was no sense, like, there'd be edits in the middle of phrases when if you just waited, like, two beats later and then edited it. Yeah. And there were so many shots of just, like, a bored-looking actor singing, not thinking about what they're singing about. You can tell Tim Burton isn't thinking about anything. It just kind of felt like... Dang. I got a lot of that with the kid. Me too. Mm -hmm. A lot of that with... uh, I think well, Helena Bottom Carter around. did a decent job putting some expression into her. She singing. did. She tried her her darndest. Yeah, yeah. And like I said earlier, I do love Alan Rickman, and I think he is so good at playing the villain. Obviously, that's like <laughs> it's just like second nature to him. So like all of the terrible stuff he did uh, as his character, I'm like I buy it, I believe it, and I loved. What's the actor that played his sidekick? Timothy Spall. The so Beatle. good, Timothy Spall, the Beatle. Uh, yeah, they just he got played. Yeah, he played Ringo Starr. Did he really? Yeah, the Beatle. Oh, no. <laughs> just a small joke. <laughs> he I was the, like, oh, he maybe, what, hair. like in the 70s? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe he would have made a good Ringo. I don't know. Yeah. They uh, they beefed up the uh, the judge and the Beatles roles in the film a lot. Mm. Oh, they the did? The scenes of like, where he's like, oh, I, I have seen many concubines and I could show you the pictures. And that scene where he's out in the street yelling like, I'm right here or whatever. Yeah. Those are invented out of whole cloth. Mm. And this just might be me holding on to the production I saw and not coming at it with fresh eyes. But in the Broadway production, both of those characters are played a lot more like banal, a lot Mm. more casual. Oh, yeah. It is the way of the world that we are evil, horrible people. And that's just the way it is. And I find that more insidiously terrifying 
than this kind of like over the top yeah. screaming Alan Rickman that. talk. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> where he literally sentences a child to be hanged. Yep. It's like, but ah, that's also supposed so... to be a joke. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Like that's yeah, that's a good point. I liked the cartoony villain in this, I guess. But to your point, if there's a version of this story where it's not played that way, that might have been interesting to see. And then let's, because I mean, it's like Tim Burton's movie is very cartoony. The blood is cartoony. I love the blood in this bright movie. Bright red. Yeah, that's my favorite and part. I dig it because it's stylish. It reminded me of like Quentin Tarantino's Kill Bill with Orenishi with just like fake looking blood. And, and it was making me go like, oh man, like that's <laughs> the reaction I think they're going for as opposed to like, oh, it's, yeah. it's real, you know, and the whole... The whole London is just like a fake London. It's yeah. like an idea of what Americans think London was back then. You know, this weird Jack the Ripper, like everything's cobblestones and everything's cold and gray. Like, so it's it's all this kind of Americanized cartoon of it. But yeah, man, you know that you're bringing it up. It's like I would maybe be more interested to see the uh, like I guess a more realistic take on it. Well, had Tim Burton really done anything that mu- he did music videos before. Yeah, he, yeah, he at leaked. least made. Did he remember Devo music videos? Devo ones? I think so. I, oh, I don't think know. so. I think so. Yeah, I remember for That's Ed a- Wood, he made a, a video for Lisa Marie Presley. Oh, cool! Like to oh. tie in with the film. So it's weird okay. that you were saying like it wasn't super yeah. rhythmic. I didn't. I wasn't paying attention to it that way. I yeah. could. I could see what Greg was talking about because yeah. it's just like, look, we got to break down Tim Burton's career a little bit. I feel like this is a guy who. People say he hasn't made a good movie since Big Fish. That might be my favorite movie of his. That's my favorite movie. I love Big Fish because it was something that was mostly grounded and then he was allowed to have his little kind of flourishes and stuff. Um, And people love Edward Scissorhands Mm -hmm. and Ed Wood and Batman. Batman, Batman Returns. I might say Mars Attacks is my favorite. Mars Attacks. Mars Attacks is so good, dude. Mm -hmm. Thank you for bringing up Mars Attacks. Not on the list of 500 greatest films of all time. And it's a key film when you're playing Six Degrees of Separation. With or without Kevin Bacon, you got to remember Mars Attacks because everybody's in that film. It's a movie. star-studded event. Star-studded event. But I've like, seen that movie in that years oh, I love since that I was a so child. How I need are to you, watch it again. Where are you guys on with, like, where are you guys at with Tim Burton as a director and his, I guess, filmography? I've kind of written him off mm. as of late. Especially, yeah. oh, just, especially he just keeps making late. movies with Johnny Depp, so I'm not interested yeah. in that. Did you anyway. guys see what was it, Mrs. Mrs. Peregrine's home, home for, for the peculiar. X Men kids? Yeah, I didn't see yeah, that. X Men kids, didn't yeah. see it. I did see Big Eyes. Do you guys see that? No, I didn't how was see that? that one. Christoph Waltz. That movie, it, it's almost a performance art piece. Mm. That movie is so over the toply bad. Oh, <laughs> from. Every aspect, except for Amy Adams. Amy Adams is trying her heart out. Oh, she's good. Christoph Waltz is like so hyperbolically bad. The music in that film, it's a Danny Elfman score. It sounds like garage band loops. Damn. Weird. It's so weird, and I hated it so much. (laughs) Speaking of Danny Elfman, uh, in his recent scores, like Justice Justice League League. was a real bummer score for me. That was one that I was like, he's back. and he. It just feels like people just want money now. It's weird, dude. The only good part of that score is the Wonder Woman reprise. Yeah. That's not even an Elfman theme, right? Yeah, and that's saying something because that score has a... Batman theme reprise and a John Williams Superman theme reprise. And I was like, no, I'm like, I don't <laughs> like this. And those are amazing yeah. scores yeah. on their own. You know, like that's such a bummer. All right. So but they're amazing scores on their own. Yes. It, yeah. Batman, Danny Elfman and John Williams, Superman. Pretty yeah. good. Yeah, uh, all right. But yeah, I'll give you that kind of, I, I also kind of 
wrote him off. I think my last favorite of his was Frankenweenie, the animated yeah, black that's and pretty white good. film. That was I liked good. it. And I and I remember after seeing it, I was like, Oh, Tim Burton, just do this. I'm like, just stick to this. Yeah. Because, you know, I don't know. There's something about the the um I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is that that he had in his earlier movies that he doesn't have now. Heart. Because because like on yeah. paper it's all there. Is it heart? Is that yeah. what it is? I think so. You freaking when he has heart. Yeah, it does. You cared about Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis and Winona Ryder and Beetlejuice. Yes, you do. You don't care about Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. And yet, I want to put this theory to the test. I don't think Mars Attacks has heart. No, but that's like a different. That might yeah, be playing it point. a different way. Though. It is. It has. A, well, you know, now that I even say it, the the uh, the main what's his name, Lucas Hodges. Okay. The, uh, the like long haired teen. Yeah. I care about him and his Me family too. and his grandma. I don't, exactly. I, I mean, care about that. has got like weird punk rock heart to where it's like yes. weirdos are going to like this and no, but they don't give a shit. Natalie mm-hmm. Portman is that character in the film. Mm-hmm. Oh, we care about her. I forgot she's in that. You know yeah. who else is in that? Jack Black. He gets vaporized. He gets, he gets skeletonified. 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 Michael okay. J. Fox, Pierce Brosnan, Sarah Jessica. Damn. Jessica. Yeah. Uh, uh, I gotta watch the this boxer. Movie again. What's this? Uh, who played Mike the boxer? Tyson? No. Ving Rames? No. Was it Ving Rhames? I can't remember. <laughs> but he was like a, was he like a Muhammad Ali type? Was he was, like I think it was more retired? like a George Foreman George type. George Foreman, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was the, that was, and then Jack Nicholson in a dual role. Yeah. As like the president and the president's twin brother. Like a weird, like a, like a weird Vegas cowboy. Yeah. You need cowboy? to watch this again, definitely. Oh, dude. so fun. <laughs> Mars Attacks is dope. So fun. Um, would you, Greg, would you consider keeping... Sweeney Todd, The Demon Barber of Fleet Street, on the list of the 500 greatest films of all time, or would you want to replace it with something else, a musical or another Tim Burton movie? Or what's your favorite film adaptation? Of a musical. Of a musical. Yeah, I'm curious, too, because you're the expert. I wanted to speak to that point. You okay. brought that point up, and I sat on it. Mm-hmm. I understand where you're coming from mm-hmm. with like sort of feeling like you need to have a uh, uh, almost like a literary theory-esque frame of reference yes uh, and when i heard you talk about comic book movies yeah. i'm like yeah you yeah definitely and i you know i know music theory but a film needs to play to uh, a mother of three in minnesota the same way it needs to play to a music theory dork in los angeles you're you know not what wrong. i mean you're yeah. not wrong absolutely I, yeah everyone's tastes i want to know all of that stuff and and that's part of this podcast like we've been talking about these movies and one of the movies is Superman Returns, directed by Brian Singer, Boo, starring Kevin boo. Spacey, Boo. A lot boo. of, geez, Jesus. <laughs> but, yeah, but yeah. you know, we talked about like what has happened in the past year, where we are in our lives, what we know about what we know. And somebody online is like, hey, objectively watch the movie. Don't talk about the, the, the bad, shitty people involved in it. And it's like, that, that's not the point because we still, we're watching this movie with new context or with, with that in our minds. And that happened with Sweeney Todd. When I saw it 10 years ago, I didn't know that Johnny Depp was the dude that, that, that allegedly did what he did, you know, if we're to believe a woman who said he did what he did. So that's part of re-watching yeah. a Johnny Depp movie now or watching yeah. a Johnny Depp, like whether we like it or not. And it's an unfortunate thing that happened. I wish that it didn't so that a woman didn't have to you know, deal with what she dealt with, which is awful. But the end result is it's weird when I watch movies now. Like, sorry, bud, that's that's what happens. Yeah, so, yeah. you know. And, and he's still in every damn movie. And that, But that's part of what Greg's talking about, where it's just like, if this movie doesn't speak to you, it doesn't speak to you. It doesn't matter if somebody, if an expert, quote unquote, True. comes along and they're yeah. like, oh, this movie nails it. It's like, so what? It's And that's why, you know, I think good films can do that. They can kind of, I guess, like, 
transcend their genre or transcend their like, well, only experts or lovers of this thing will love it. No, you have to be able to move past that. Chicago was massive as a, as a movie musical adaptation because it did that because it, 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 you didn't need to come from the world of, well, I know of musical theater Mm -hmm. to sit and enjoy it. We're seeing that right now with Black Panther. Black Panther. I was about to say, I was literally about to, my my sentence was about to be the same exact thing. <laughs> and it's true. It's like, it's a thing that, uh, that transcends. And I don't think that it's necessarily a bad thing sometimes because I love comic book movies and I don't feel like for them to be good for me, they would ne- need to like transcend that because sometimes a transcend is like a bad word. It's like, Oh, yeah. you know, again, speaking of Muhammad Ali, that so many of his, of his, of his, um, supporters would say, Oh, he transcended race. Muhammad Ali was this kind of boxer. And it's like, stop, don't, that's not necessarily a yeah. good thing to, to kind of say that, right? So I'm not insulting the genre of whatever the movie comes from. I'm saying that for these things to sometime become bigger than they are, they do need to be able to reach across and go, hey, if you don't know anything about musicals, who cares? Here's Sweeney Todd. Does this movie work for you or not? Same thing happened with Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Mm, I do love not that know it's about Buddhism. so good. I don't know <laughs> about Buddhism. And yet there's still something in that movie that does grab yeah. me. Um, without knowing like the intricacies of how it was put together and it's all beautiful and all that shit. Mm-hmm. So that's a good, that's a good point, Greg. Yeah. All right. Nice. Okay. But what's cool. your favorite? Yeah. What's your, which adaptation? one's your favorite? Oh man. Um, <laughs> I think so. I think maybe like quote unquote film scholar wise, mm-hmm. the best musical adaptation is Bob Fosse's Cabaret. Okay. Right. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't Excellent. either. Oh, that's that probably movie, on the list. That movie is, I think it is astonishingly good and it is dark and upsetting mm. but also very catchy and joyous what decade did it come out 70s in? okay yeah okay. it's liza minnelli yeah uh mm-hmm. it's uh, uh the guy who plays basil exposition in yeah. the 70s ba- michael york michael york basil exposition mm-hmm. from austin powers he's great austin yeah that's um, my mother you're talking about, Austin. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. That's great. I'm and sorry. particularly, speaking of like bringing contemporary experiences, who sure. oh boy, this movie is about seeking solace in art during a time of Nazi occupation and then eventually the Nazis seeping into art. Wow. Damn. And wow. I watched it recently and I'm like, whoa. Damn. There's a very terrifying scene where there's a... This like beautiful patriotic anthem being sung by these guys and you just watch it and it's like, wow, what a beautiful stirring song. And in the final chorus, he gets up and he just straight up hiles Hitler and he's wearing, but it stays in this like rosy colored and Mm -hmm. it's like, whoa, dang. Yeah, it's really good. All right. So you've got that one uh, as a, you said film scholar, is it the best because of the movie quality itself or because it like so successfully adapted what Cabaret was as a show or both? I think it adapts what Cabaret is as a show and I think maybe it does it better because... (gasps) Because it it is a film and it can do, it can like cut as opposed to being kind of on one stage. That's That's, exactly right. That's great. Bob Fosse, he's... Uh, such a genius. Also, I think an asshole monster a little. Uh, but he was a theater director, choreographer, actor, and then just like an incredible countercultural filmmaker. And he uses cross cutting and all these bonkers '70s hippie film techniques, and mm-hmm. it's just like out of this oh. world. Well, I can't wait to watch Cabaret now. Yeah, That's it's awesome. So good. That sounds amazing. That's great. Isn't it a bummer when we watch old movies and there's like Nazis in it, and you're like, oh, this is relevant now? Isn't yep. that a bummer? It's that a fucking is bummer. So crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's angering. 
Yeah, we yep. got a little bit of that when Why we watched. Why is it going to come back around? Well, I know, right? Yeah, we watched Back think... to the Future Part 2. Yeah. There are Nazis in that? No. No, but there's Donald, Donald Trump, Trump in it. In it. <laughs> oh, right. It's Biff. It's basically, <laughs> yeah. remember the casino? and yeah. I got to tell you, literally one of my favorite movies ever made is Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. <laughs> oh, sorry, no. Man. And he's actually... Down the hall to the left. <laughs> Fuck you. Get they need here. to release new versions where he's edited <laughs> out. Our mutual friend Minzwi, Minzwi mm-hmm. Karami, yeah. uh, he... Try, I think he started a GoFundMe to edit that out. To replace him digitally with Scrooge McDuck. Yes, <laughs> I, right? yeah, so I agree with contribute to that. Yeah. Even when we first started this a year ago and uh, a month or two ago, uh, the first movie is Ocean's Eleven. And at one point, in the very beginning of the movie... Um, Casey Affleck's in that, right? Oh, yeah. There's oh, true. Casey Affleck. Yeah. Uh, and we booed boy. Matt Damon at that we, point. Yeah, we booed well, him. He, like, yeah. he said stupid shit. Boo, Matt Damon. <laughs> Boo, but, Matt Damon. Uh, <laughs> but uh George Clooney, Danny Ocean, is like outside of a casino making a call to his uh, parole officer. And it's just like Trump Plaza. So we were like, God damn it. Like, yeah. We had to boo in Ocean's <laughs> yeah. Eleven more than once. <laughs> yeah. More than at actors, you know. Yeah. But then we cheered just Bernie Mac. buildings. We booed a building. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we did. We did cheer Bernie Mac. Oh, he's the best. He is. He really is. He's the best. Carl Reiner. Oh, goat. So good. That movie's so yeah. good. It really is. I love that trilogy. I love the second one, as pretentious as it is. Really? I love it. I need to I love it. the second one, too. I watched <laughs> okay. it again. The music's amazing. It, it is. Oh, yeah. David Holmes. So funky. Yeah. He yeah. is. He loves the bongos, and I'm not <laughs> mad about it. <laughs> Greg, do you have a favorite movie score? doesn't have to be from a musical. Just like of all time, what's your... And then like a favorite composer. And also, do you agree with the Academy's Award of Best Score? Ooh, for this year. Right. Yeah, and it was... At, was it Alexander Desplat? Yeah, for, for Shape of Water. Shape of Water. I, okay, I'll go in reverse order. Okay, great. <laughs> I, uh, I loved the score to The Shape of Water. Yeah, yeah. I had very adored good. it. It's very I think that's good. a great win. What a, uh, I, I loved love The Last Jedi score. Me too. John I, Williams is just still... Some of his best work. I yeah. thought it was better he than can, Force Awakens. I 100%. thought it was. I'm like, man, this is some of his best stuff. Hundred <sighs> percent. And it's heart, just still so. Yeah. Not to get on my like film score uh, soapbox tip, but I will for one second. Yeah, that's where you're Do here, it. man. Yeah. We are. We've kind of lost. There used to be a golden age of film scores having motifs, mm-hmm. having mm-hmm. melodies mm-hmm. that you could hum when they're done. I'll give you that. And I feel like. I feel like Hans Zimmer, Christopher Nolan. Yeah, we ushered in an era of like atmosphere and like Mm -hmm. subtle, like sneaking up on you. And let me throw another one your way, which you may agree or disagree with. I don't even know if I agree with this, but Michael Giacchino, coming from the world of television to movies, is he (laughs) adding to some of that atmospheric? Because he did six seasons of Lost, which is you know TV scoring is different than film scoring. So, so is that another aspect of, of, of this sort of change? Maybe Him you're specifically, about? I feel like he's more old school. Yeah, he I writes melodies. Yeah. He my favorite. He does write there, melodies. There's that piano them. theme from Lost that gets stuck in my head. The Incredibles mm-hmm. is full of melody. Mm-hmm. The Planet mm-hmm. of the Apes scores. Mm-hmm. You can, and he does it almost in every single movie. He'll just like do the bear down melody just on piano. Yeah, and I've listened to it. The up score, forget about it. I've listened no enough shit. times to Spider-Man: Homecoming, Inside so out. so I know it. But it's bum, yeah, bum 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 bum. Bum, 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 bum. Yep. So like, yep, yep, because yep, I've yep. listened enough to it, but I know that it might not be as grabby. His as Pixar ones might be his best ones. The Very Inside good. Out score. Yeah. Ugh. Just forget yeah, about Inside it. Out's so good. Yeah. Coco's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chiquino's up there. He's great. But but go back to the sort of we we've yeah. lost some of that golden age. For a while, we were in the era of just like atmosphere and long tones, and I would walk away from movies like not even having an idea. And I think we're kind of kicking back to the yeah. era of motifs. Yeah. And John Williams, through it all, 
even with this new Star Wars universe, mm-hmm. that like Ray piano, bum, so good. Bum, bum, bum. he's still writing these catchy ass <gasps> yeah. melodies. Yeah, all, all the, Harry, but in all the like, Harry Potters too. They just, oh my god, there. you kidding me? Hedwig's theme? Forget about it. All the time. melodic <laughs> stuff still always wins, though. Yeah. Even when they did do all that stuff, because Desplat has been winning like crazy, and he sure. does super melodic stuff. And he sure Oscars. is. Yeah, yeah. That was. But I also. What else I did I love? Him. I love Johnny Greenwood's Phantom Thread score. I love great. Johnny Greenwood. Yeah, and he is all over the place in his stuff. That's true. Mm-hmm. Who uh, Who else? What other film composers do you like? Right now? Yeah, but just of all time. Oh man, we're the best. We listed like all the a bunch of goats, but who is like who else do you love? The people don't don't who who are people sleeping on? Yeah, if they should be sleeping on. This is fun. Clint Mansell always delivers yes, really man. nice work. Smoking aces, baby, love it, <laughs> <laughs> love it. Yeah, I read somewhere it said that Lord of the Rings is the best score of all time. Oh, is that Zimmer? Howard. That's Shore. Howard, Howard Shore. Shore. He's Howard very Shore. good. Lord of the Rings and Hobbits, and it's like they're very good. You walk away humming everything from yeah. those movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's so many themes that I just yeah, it's I've really also seen true. Those what else has Howard Shore times. done? He's done a shit ton of stuff. He, okay. he and then Sylvester. Yeah, mm-hmm. Alan Sylvester. Mm-hmm. Back to the Future, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I really like right now, speaking of Black Panther, Ludwig Göransson. Oh, phenomenal. I rewatched Creed recently. That score Dude, hits you like that a ton of brass. Brains. I loved hearing yes. that brass yeah. come into Black Panther. Yeah, I was too. like, oh, it's Creed. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it goes. Yeah, so good. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right. Uh, Greg, is there anything else that you want to say about Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street? I'm sorry that you had a kind of a bummer time watching it, man. No, that's okay. It was, uh, it was interesting. Okay. Um, okay. Okay, here's something. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Sweeney Todd could ever truly be successfully adapted to film because so much of the music and the lyrics, Stephen Sondheim is like known for these kind of labyrinthian lyrics where mm-hmm. they like talk over each other and there's a lot of content going on. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the, a lot of the lyrics are telling a story about something that has happened in the past or about hypothesizing something that will happen in the future. Right, yeah. There's not a lot of, like, what's actively going on right now. And watching it with subtitles this time helped so much. Mm-hmm. Mm. I was able to understand a lot of what they were saying. <laughs> That's smart. Great. Maybe I should have okay, done great. that. Okay, great. Yeah. It helps. Yeah. And, li- like, the uh, the first couple songs, there was a barber and his wife, and he was beautiful. That's just mm-hmm. a-, a song that's just a flashback. Mm-hmm. And this amazing comic masterpiece, A Little Priest, where they talk about all the ways they're going to kill and butcher people and put them in pies, which yeah. kills on stage. People are, lose it. I don't think it quite works yeah. in the movie because yeah. they're just talking about something instead of doing it. I agree, yeah. And so to the film's credits, there in the original musical, there's kind of a, an opening number and then it gets reprised throughout the, the show that they mm-hmm. cut for the film. Attend the tale of Sweeney Todd where it's like a Greek chorus talking about the character. Mm-hmm. And they wisely cut it, because mm-hmm. why talk about it when we can just see it? Mm-hmm. But I think at its DNA, there's too much talking about it. Mm-hmm. And it works on stage. Maybe it doesn't work as a movie. What is a musical that hasn't had a film adaptation, or at least maybe has had one, but you think could be done better, that you would like to see, that you think, actually, this production could work as a film because it goes to different places. It's in the moment. It's active. Is there anything that's coming to mind? I would love to see a great film adaptation of Fun Home. 
which oh, is a recent one. Did the, you all see based that? Based on no. the tragic comic? Yeah. Like based on like a graphic novel? Based on Alice and Bechtel's, yeah. Wow. Alice and Bechtel of the famous Bechtel test mm-hmm. oh, did yeah. a semi-auto or, or autobiographical comic book about her life. And then it's now it's like a musical. It's a production. Broadway musical, yeah. Yeah. And I went and saw it. It's I mean, you know the story. It's just heartbreaking. I don't know the story, but Oh, you I, never read it? No, I haven't gotcha. read it yet. I but it's on my list of the hundred greatest graphic novels to read. I'm not even <laughs> kidding. It's in there's I have a magazine. How many lists do you I, have to do? Dude, go I'm all about right? lists, right? This is how I live my life. Oh, lists are great. Yeah, man. December is my favorite month because you get all the lists, baby. That's <laughs> true. That's when I like learn about new music. Yeah, because like, it's like yeah. year best. It's like this came out in January, but mm-hmm. it's gonna be mm-hmm next january that's a good point december's pretty cool for providing those kinds of lists yeah Yeah. so that would be cool all right i'd be down to see that yeah it's a it's a very animated or live action Ooh, because they did animated they did they adapted persepolis which was a graphic god i love that movie into an animated movie and and it it works it works so is this kind of similar to persepolis or should it just be live action it could be live action and work because it is at its core a movie about real people going Mm -hmm. through basically hurt feelings who's making it who Who's would make it, it if it's not me? Uh, you're too busy directing the Saw reboot. Yeah, that's true. Oh, I gotta reboot. and I gotta put that in the oven, baby. I, gotta, <laughs> Just kidding. I need both of those movies to come from you. I want Saw reboot <laughs> to be your mm-hmm. debut, mm-hmm. and then you can't. And a hard with this. 180. Yes, <laughs> fun home. Yeah, I'll have a Soderbergh career. I like that. From the director He's of the all new Saw. over the place. <laughs> yeah, and then an iPhone movie. <laughs> Who should direct the fun home movie? Uh, Sam Mendes. Yeah, good pick. He's yeah. very good at. Depicting domestic uh, uh, turbulence, mm-hmm. and he also has experience directing theater. Did he do Revolutionary Road? He did. Yeah. I was a. That's what the immediate thing that yeah. went into my head yeah. was. Mm-hmm. It's like, although I think it's funny that uh, here in Southern California we go Mendez, but in the UK they pronounce it Sam Mendes. Sam Mendes because they do Mendes is different, and he's a British director, isn't he? Or yeah. no? He is. is he I an American think? guy, or maybe he's an expat. Mm, whatever. Okay. Oh, cool. Mendez. Yeah, it's like, no, like Mendez, like Jose Mendez, like here, yeah. like a Mexican guy. They're like, no, 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 Mendez. Jose okay. Mendez. Okay, whatever, fine. <laughs> that guy. Um, cool. That'd be dope. All right. Anything else? Did you have notes on Sweeney Todd? I took Todd? some notes as I watched I, it. I appreciate yeah. that, man. See, I'm so We kind of like, we, we kind of... Uh, we finally got Greg back. This is great. This is <laughs> oh, great. my God. This has been such we a pleasure. We got to get Minty on long. the show, too. I think we he he's expressed interest. Yes? No? I don't know. All right. Next Not time I me. see him, I'll hit him up. Not to you. Do it. Uh, the final thing I say, I feel like we kind of like, oh, yeah. I wrote this little slam of the movie. I'll just read Do this it. Let's little, hear it. Oh, okay. This movie is color graded like a hot topic, became sentient, and took a community <laughs> college after effects course. Yeah, it's black. Just a, little, <laughs> just a little slam on the movie. Nicely done. Just a little slam. Uh, Greg, thank you so much <laughs> for coming on the podcast, slamming Sweeney Todd. Why does Hot Topic just copy Schindler's List all the time? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! If they could somehow, I'm sick of it. If you know if Hot Topic could make money off of Schindler's List belts, they would. They 100 percent would. They 100 percent would. Oh my gosh! Um, Liam Neeson and eyeliner. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> All right, uh, Greg, <laughs> you uh, were so nice enough to come back. Oh my God, my pleasure. So fun. This was great. Uh, we have a policy where we're trying to have. A different awesome person on each week for this first year. Wait, Hector, what's the reboot? But we got to have you come back. I mean, the what's reboot the, sequ- Swe- what's no, the sequel to Sweeney Todd? I, I got to go with what Greg said. It's like, I don't know if Gregory so eloquently put it. It's it's a thing that talks too much about the future and the I'm past. I'm telling you no, right I can, now. I know what the sequel what's is. The sequel? You have to the pitch sequel the or sequel reboot? to this. No, it's, we're going to leave it to Greg. Go for it. Go. The sequel, which the film kind of nicely illustrates in mm-hmm. a way that 
maybe I didn't quite catch in the stage production. Mm. The sins now passed down <gasps> to uh, the daughter, t- Tobias, oh. the kid, the kid, Toby. Oh, Toby, that's right. He watches. Sweeney Todd Everyone killed the only woman died. who's ever cared about him. Yeah. He kills Sweeney Todd, and now he grows up to be the new Sweeney Todd. a fucked up crazy person. Oh. He excellent. carries on the name Sweeney Todd, mm-hmm. even. Yeah. Just like Sawyer and Lost. Damn. Mm. Damn. Nicely that done. That could be good? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it could be if it's like new original music that is almost specifically crafted for film. Yeah. Then I'd be interested in seeing mm-hmm. that. You know, mm-hmm. this kid, like... No, well, I'm around. Got to bring that back. At one yeah. point, he has to say maybe this, in a minor some key. Some 25 year old kid. Oh shit! Yeah, Charlie Hunnam is playing this Ooh, person. Charlie Hunnam. Oh, I hate that guy. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> I do too. Greg, he does play like disaffected one. Yeah. <laughs> Where uh, can people find you on the internet? Find he you online. What would you like people tip. to? What would you like to promote? What would you like people to look at? To look at. <laughs> sure. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Smith L. Greg, if you're into what I have to say about movies, there's a television program on the streaming network Shudder. It's called The Core. It's a talk show about horror films that I was lucky enough to write for. Awesome. Uh, And on that very program, my goddamn dream was made. Lee Winnell, the screenwriter and star of Saw, was a guest. And I got to write this very silly sketch based on his rules of jump scares that he performed in. And they, it's... It was a dream come true. Oh, awesome. Go ahead and watch the show. See this. Yeah. That would be so fantastic. That oh man, that is so cool. I'm so yeah. happy for you. Did that happen in the last year? That did happen in the last year. Yes. Awesome. So cool. glad we did this. Again. So, oh yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me too, man. Keller, what movie are we watching next week, and who is going to be our guest next week? We are watching Brick by Last oh, Jedi I love director that movie. Ryan Johnson. Didn't like the movie when it came out, and I'm so excited to revisit it. I have so never excited. seen it. We have Sax mm. Carr. Sax Carr. To talk about it. From Geek it. and Sundry, because he called dibs on that one. So can't wait to rewatch Brick. Keller, off the top of your head, do you know if it's like streaming anywhere or whatever? It's probably online. Oh, I think it yeah. was on HBO at Possibly. one point. I'll tweet it. But I said that can, I would tweet it about rent it on this one. I didn't. Amazon Weirdly, Amazon. Sweeney Todd was free on the Roku channel. If it oh, has a Roku, yeah. Oh, cool. Well, now, if you listen to this whole thing and you're like, ah, I'd rewatch Sweeney Todd, but I don't want to pay to rent it, but I have a Roku, you're set. There you go. Break oh, is streaming th- on Stars. if anyone has Stars. <laughs> oh, according oh, yeah, to my app. Keller, get that app. That's a cool app. What is that? I'm sorry. That. The sh- uh, the yeah, it's called works. Just Just Watch It, I think is what it's called. Just Watch It. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm burying the lead. Just Watch. I have to get all the apps. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'll get the app. I'll get the app. Uh, so that's next week, Sax Car, Brick, and huge thanks again to Gregory Smith for coming onto the podcast. Oh, thank, thank you, you so much so for having me. So much. Best. We'll have to have you back uh, in a year. Again I would love it. Let's just keep doing else. this every year. You got it. Love we it. should. For, I'll talk for, about Saw for again. ten years. Oh, I'll talk about Saw anytime. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you guys. Bye. See you next time. Bye. E- <laughs>